Hi, I'm Allie. And I'm Jacob. Welcome to Rookie Rundown, the sports podcast for the casual fan. This week, we've got the NCAA Final Fours, some more NFL news. The NBA season is coming to a close. We also mostly know the Men's World Cup groups, and the NHL had a record come to an end. Well, we should probably start with the NCAA tournament. Yeah, absolutely. Once this podcast once this podcast gets released, the uh, championship game will be later that night. And in the first game of the men's Final Four, it was Duke versus North Carolina, which is a superheated rivalry. Like, they're huge basketball rivals. And it's actually the first time the two schools have met in the NCAA tournament. So what you're saying is that Duke and North Carolina play in the same district and not they play in the same conference during the regular season and in the tournament like you can be seated against you know teams from anywhere and they've both been in the tournament I mean the vast majority of the time so it's just really surprising that they've never met so what was the outcome so coach k has a lot of letters and it just got an extra l because duke lost 81 to 77 and it was Pretty dramatic at the end, you know, came down to North Carolina making some free throws and they really sealed it. And after the game, uh, one of the star players for North Carolina, Armando Baycott, he was quoted as saying, "Uh, I'm playing in the greatest college basketball game of all time. I got to thug it out because he got an ankle injury during the game and he just played through it because... He was in the greatest basketball game oh, of all time. I think you were watching that, right? And his ankle bent really weird. I I don't think I was watching when he got hurt. But, yeah, I mean, he just played through it. Hmm. What about the other Final Four game? The other Final Four game was Kansas versus Villanova, and it was not as thrilling. Kansas just kind of beat beat up on Villanova. They ended up winning 81-65, to so... Wow. Now, it is worth stating that in this household, we are cheering for Kansas to make it all the way. Yeah, I had them pick to win it in my bracket, so I just kind of want to see that hold hold true. And my mom got her master's degree at Kansas, so I, if I had to pick a team to follow, it would be them. Yeah, they have the family ties there. So For sure. The other, you know, big story of this tournament, I think it's fair to say that it is at least, was the St. Peter's Peacocks making a run all the way to the Elite Eight. And their coach, Shaheen Holloway, was just hired by Seton Hall to be their new men's basketball coach, which is always kind of sad when a small school, like, their coach just gets plucked away. But uh, Coach Holloway did go to Seton Hall, and you know, well, he was a star point guard for them in the late 90s into 2000s, so... It's kind of full circle. Who's Seton Hall? So Seton Hall's a school in New Jersey. Uh, they're they're relatively big. They play in the Big East, so they're one of the Power Six conference schools. So he went from a New Jersey school to a different New Jersey school? Pretty much, yeah. Wow, good for him. Um, Jacob and I actually have a lot to say, though, about coaches who win championships and then immediately leave. So our alma mater, we both graduated from Graceland University in 2018, they won the, oh gosh, NAIA Men's Basketball National Championship. And our coach, who had taken us from a, some not very good seasons and then all the way to the championship, left. Yeah, he immediately went all the way up to a Division two school in Poria State. So that was a quick turnaround. 
Yeah, and it's hard because you feel like they're part of your community, but then you also have to understand that they want what's best for their career, too. Yeah, and as much as I love Graceland, it's not exactly the mecca for men's college basketball. No, we were we were a stepping stone, and it hurt at first, but you know, I if you're going to be a stepping stone, at least we got a national championship out of it. It's not it's like true. sometimes you know they do really well and then like lose in the final four or whatever. At least we got like a trophy out of it. It's true. We were both at the uh, the game where yeah, Graceland was crazy. won the national championship, and it was crazy. Yeah, worth it. Yeah. They won in a buzzer beater score. Yeah, in overtime. It was pretty, yeah. You can look up the Graceland buzzer beater shot. It's pretty It's, it's pretty, pretty dope. It's pretty dope, yeah. Anyway, that's like all I know about basketball right there in one story. Yeah, and as far as the coaching environment goes, yeah. Yeah. In the women's side, the women's Final Four was uh, UConn, Louisville, South Carolina, and Stanford, which is really just like the usual suspects for women's college basketball. I mean... UConn has been in the Final Four, I feel like, forever. I think it. I saw something that was like their 13th Final Four or something in a row or something. It was something stupid like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but in the end, UConn and South Carolina ended up winning, and they are playing in the national championship game as we record right now. Oh, the game's happening right now. Yeah, it is. It was 11-2 to in favor of South Carolina last time I checked, so... Hopefully it's not a blowout because that would be kind of disappointing. Yeah, it would to see these teams make it all the way. Yeah, and I mean, you know, it happens. Like sometimes one team's just way better than the other, but it's de- deflating to see that in the national championship game because you're so hyped up to see the end of the season and it's just meh. Yeah, it, it's hard to see. The NCAA in like non-athlete related news or well, not non, non-competition related news. Uh, they are actually petitioning Congress for an antitrust exemption to regulate name, image, and likeness deals for their student athletes, which I just think is so bizarre. It's just the NCAA trying to rein in all the stupid money being handed out to college athletes. Wait, so explain this to me again. The NCAA doesn't want student athletes to be able to negotiate their own name, image, likeness deals. They didn't because they knew that once that got, you know, once that was a, th- a thing, then it would become like a deciding factor for athletes. You know, they want to go where they're getting paid the most, and so bigger schools with bigger and richer alumni bases can pay players to come to their school. Okay, you know, actually, though, I I do understand that. Yeah, there definitely needs to be some sort of regulation. I just think the NCAA is a corrupt body incapable of making a good decision. Wow, that's intense. Yeah. I mean, it's true. Like, I just don't trust them to make the right choice. So, Speaking of important choices, not about basketball, the National Football League has recently changed their overtime rules for playoff games. So you might remember the Chiefs versus Bills game where the Chiefs won the coin flip and got to go first in overtime and ended up ultimately winning. And if you remember, people were really upset about it because uh, there have been 12 playoff games since 2010 that that went into overtime. And of those 12, 10 of them, the person who won the coin toss won the game. I think it's crazy that there's that much of a correlation between it. And I know it's not a coincidence because the NFL has changed all its rules to be so 
in favor of the offense. Mm-hmm. So whenever people say like, well, they should have just gotten a stop. It's like, well, it doesn't really work like that because the way that the game has been manufactured, the offense has the advantage. Yeah. And it is worth stating that 29 out of the 32 NFL teams approved this change. And this is just for playoffs, this right? Is so just for regular playoffs. season. Yeah. Regular season games yeah. will okay. still have the old rule. It's just exciting to see that overturned. I mean, I feel like it's kind of unfair that if you win the coin flip, the other team doesn't even get to touch the ball. I agree. And I think, you know, there will be some kinks that need to be worked out, but I think that's for the best. Yeah. And they're changing the rules. It's going to be more like uh, like college football rules now. That's how college football does over time. Yeah. Where both teams get to touch the ball no matter what. Yeah. I think that's the right way to go. So, well, it's really interesting to see where that goes. Speaking of things that we don't know where they're going to go, uh, the Dallas Cowboys owner Jerry Jones has been sued uh, for a paternity right. So there's a lady, I believe in Arkansas, who is alleging that Jerry Jones is her father. And uh, at first I was like, well, this is kind of just probably a crazy lawsuit. But then it turns out that Jerry Jones had uh, paid, I think it was like $3 million worth of child support under the table to this lady's mother. Oh, so I think it's pretty fair to say that Jerry Jones is, in fact, the father. I wish Maury was still on the air so that they could do, like, a Maury episode on it and do a little paternity test and talk about it. But I'm looking up pictures of this dude right now, and all I'm saying is it must have happened a while ago. Yeah, it did. I think this lady is, like, in her 30s or 40s, and she's not even suing for money or anything like that. She's just suing for Jerry Jones to be put as her father on her birth certificate. Well, that makes sense to me. Yeah, now, of course, she could also be suing so that if he dies, she has some lawful claim to some of his money. But I prefer the uh, more wholesome version where she just wants to, you know, have the public knowledge of who her father is. Yeah, I mean, I can't blame her either. I feel like I would be really mad if I grew up not knowing my dad and then found out that he was this super rich dude who's like semi-famous. And he'd never recognize me. Like, I'd be pretty mad about that, too. I'd probably want to drag Definitely be bitter. I'd yeah, no, I'd definitely sympathize with her. Oh, for sure. Speaking of names that have been dragged through the mud, uh, Bruce Arians has retired as the coach of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. There were some rumors and rumblings that Tom Brady was uh, discontent with Bruce, Bruce Arians and that the honeymoon phase of their relationship was over. And my experience with this is if there's rumors about Brady, it's carefully planted rumors that Tom Brady wants to be news without having to publicly acknowledge that he said it. Hmm. That's interesting. I've never heard that before. Yeah. So he's back. The defensive coordinator is Todd Bowles. Um, and now he's been promoted to head coach. Huh. So. Well, that'll be interesting to watch. Well, hopefully not too interesting. I hope they lose. Now, Jacob, did I hear the Buffalo Bills are building a new stadium? They are, and the rumored costs are over a billion dollars for their new stadium. And the main thing that blows me away is allegedly there are about $800 million in public funding going towards this project. Oh, wow. Which, I mean, it just makes me so mad. I I hate that the NFL just extorts the taxpayer for building their stadiums. And, you know, the governor of New York claims some crap, like building this stadium will create 10,000 union jobs, which I hate because crap like that is always made up. And especially in a situation like that, it, it will not create 10,000 union jobs because those jobs will go away when the stadium is, is Demo- done. Yeah. So like 10,000 people will have a job for about a year 
and the taxpayers will be out $800 million, which could be dedicated to any number of actual societal goals instead of building a freaking football stadium in Buffalo, New York. Yeah, that that's a lot of money. It's ridiculous. It just is infuriating. And the owners of the bills are worth billions, and the NFL is worth billions with a capital B. They can surely pay for their teams to get a new stadium. Without it costing public money, yeah. Exactly. It's so stupid. It makes me so mad. But yes, you did hear that right. Hmm. Well, on that sad note. Yeah. Speaking of things that are clearly uh, in in a frame of reference, uh, the NBA playoff picture is really starting to get locked in. So there are four games left, and the uh, Phoenix Suns and Memphis Grizzlies have clinched the top two seeds in the Western Conference, and the other teams in the top six. Really, we don't know who they're going to be for sure. But the East, we have a better idea who that's going to be. Right now, Miami is in first place in the Eastern Conference. But the Milwaukee Bucks could still theoretically get into the number one seed. Which I think is really impressive that after a long season like the NBA, with four games left, things still aren't locked in. Yeah, I I had no idea. I've been sitting here shocked as you've been talking. I thought like... You know, like other sports, you'd have a pretty good idea who's going to make it. Yeah, and I mean, we kind of know, but we don't really know in which order, which I think is, you know, it speaks to the competitiveness of the league. And I guess I've always thought of the NBA as being star-dominated, and right now it seems like there's a lot of parity, which I enjoy. I think that's good for the sport. Yeah, I think it is too. I think another story that I just think is kind of funny, and I mean, you just feel for the guy. The Brooklyn Nets lost despite Kevin Durant scoring 55 oh points. Oh, my gosh. He scored that's 55 like, by himself? Yeah, by himself. It, that's like being the guy who does almost the whole group project, but then you go up to present, and it's so clear that your team members have no idea what's going on that you still fail. Oh, we've all been there. So I just you feel for the guy. Moment of silence for our friend Kevin Durant. Um. um. Well, in an, another exciting championship talk, the FIFA World Cup, 29 out of 32 teams have been confirmed for the tournament. That does include the U.S. The men's U.S. team made it into the tournament after an eight-year hiatus. The tournament will be held in Qatar, spelled Q-A-T-A-R. Jacob just taught me how to pronounce that before the recording of this episode. Shout out to Mr. Solly for being stationed there while I was in the sixth grade. That would be one of Jacob's teachers. Yeah. Um, But the FIFA World Cup will be held in Qatar with playing scheduled to start November 21st and end December 18th. So a lot later in the season than we're used to. I mean, it has to be because if it were during summer, it would be so freaking hot that you just couldn't do it. I mean, you couldn't play soccer in those conditions. Yeah, fair enough. Qatar is the smallest country to ever host the tournament. Yeah, but they got some fat freaking pockets, which is how they bribed FIFA into having the World Cup. Fair enough. And paid all those slaves to build all their stadiums. Fair enough. This will be the first FIFA World Cup, though, where fans will be able to watch multiple games in a day. There will be four matches a day in eight unique stadiums, and reportedly all of the stadiums are within an hour of each other. I think that, you know, despite all the human rights abuses that are associated with this, as well as, you know, there have been some headlines about what they're going to do to people who speak out about gay rights at the World Cup. Um, But 
I think one of the interesting things about it is that it is so accessible. Like you can get to all the stadiums in that range. And I think that's better. Like, yeah, to have all those kind of clustered like that. And they they expanded their highway systems and added in like a, I want to say it was like a monorail type thing. I can't remember what they called it, but they added more infrastructure to actually support it. Yeah, with the expectation that people could go to multiple games if they wanted. And it's the first time that's ever happened. And I I don't know. I've watched World Cup games before, but not like a lot of them. So I guess I didn't realize that it's not normal to have multiple games a day. And it's not normal to be able to go to multiple games on the same day. Yeah, I mean, I think back to like the World Cup when it was in Brazil. And the games were just... It's a huge country, so they're just all spread out. Exactly. You have to strategically plan where you're going to be just to catch the game for your team. Exactly. It's crazy. And it is worth noting this is the first time that the FIFA World Cup will be held in the Middle East, which is pretty cool. It's also the the tournament field's expanding, right? Yeah, this is going to be the last FIFA World Cup where there are only 32 teams instead of 48. We need more teams so that we can have a bigger money grab. The FIFA motto. What is the FIFA motto? Money above all else. Isn't it like play hard or something? Uh, I don't know. I don't think so. I don't know. Either for the love of the game, which would be ironic because all they have is the love for money. Either way, we're still out. Out For the game, for the world. For the game, for the world. So like we said, there's still three more spots where teams could get in. There's still some competing going on to find out who those last three teams are going to be. Yeah, they have the like European and then international playoffs. Yeah, yeah. Um, but we're excited. We're excited for November to see what's going to happen. I'm excited that the U.S. will be back in it. I think out of all the soccer teams I follow, I'm a, the biggest supporter of the U.S. men's national team. Mm-hmm. Just because... I didn't grow up with a soccer team in Pittsburgh, like a major league one, and I didn't really follow European soccer that hard. So the U.S. men's national team was like the team that I followed the most. I'm excited to see them play. Living out your childhood dreams. I just hope that when the World Cup is here in 2026 that I get to go to some games. Where is it at again in 2026? So the USA, Mexico, and Canada are all joint hosting it. How is that going to work? So there will be games in U.S., Canadian, and Mexican cities. And then the uh, championship games will be in, like, a couple big stadiums. Or, like, the the playoff games will be in one stadium in each country. And then I forget where the championship game is going to be. Yeah, so moral, moral of the story, definitely not going to be accessible to go to multiple games uh, for that tournament. Probably not. No, not at all. Yeah, so you heard it here first, folks. If you want to go to the FIFA World Cup and be able to watch multiple games, you need to reserve your tickets for Qatar. Should be easy to get a flight out there. Not. Speaking of things that were easy and now are not, in the NHL, defenseman Keith Yandel's Ironman streak ended at 989 consecutive games played. The Philadelphia Flyers made him a healthy scratch, which means that they held him out in favor of another player because... Frankly, he's been one of the worst defensemen in the NHL this year. And as a result, his record is now solidified. That's the most consecutive games played in NHL history. And Arizona Coyotes forward Phil Kessel now inherits the longest active streak of consecutive games played. Wait, go back and explain that again. So how are those different? So Keith Yandel played 989 games in a row, and now that streak is over. So... 
it, like it, it's done. So the Phil Kessel has the oh, current, has, oh, like okay. the one that's act, like actively going. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Keith Yandel's is over. Phil Kessel could extend that. He's still going. Yeah, he's still going. And I think Phil Kessel's played like 965 games in a row or something like that. That is an insane number of games. It is. And to play that long reflects that you were good enough to get started when you were young and you have maintained a high level of play over a long period and of time. And also, you haven't gotten injured. Yeah, exactly. Or if you have, you've played through it. Yeah, which in hockey's, I mean, that's really impressive. It is. I think it's funny that Phil Kessel is pushing for that record because he's known for just his, let's call it lack of healthy eating habits, most notably uh, his love for hot dogs and candy. But, you know, he may fail that beginning of season physical, but he is always in good playoff shape by the time that the tournament rolls around. Speaking of playoffs, Jacob, what's our playoff countdown? Well, like? we've got just under a month. The playoffs start May 2nd, and things are, are going to be heating up as we push down the stretch and teams really look to get their mojo going. Wow, I love that. I hope I love it too. Yeah, don't we all? Fingers crossed for the pens. Fingers crossed. Now, Jacob, for our final play, what is your dog's favorite sport and why? Hmm, my dog's favorite sport? Yeah, you can go with Skippy, I'm gonna go your with Skippy. childhood dog. Yeah, okay. um, I think Skippy's favorite, I mean, the default would, of course, be professional chase tag because he loves to be chased. Hmm, I would have to say hunting because he loves hunting down squirrels. Unsuccessfully, he would probably be the world's worst squirrel hunter with zero confirmed kills, but he would love it every <laughs> single second. What's Skippy's favorite sport to watch? Hmm. It would probably have to be baseball because he does like chasing things. Fair enough. What about you? Well, Jacob and I actually have a dog that lives with us named Jill. She's my childhood dog. I would say her favorite game to play, maybe not now. She's 14. She's older. But when she was younger, I think she would have been great at like, uh, what is that called when the dogs jump over the little things? Hurdles? She would have been great at hurdles. Or high jump. Or high jump, yeah. she's She was a really good jumper when she was younger. Um, I would say her favorite sport to watch, she seems to really enjoy football. Now, I don't think it's because of what's on the screen. I think it's that during football season, Jacob sits on the couch and pets her the whole game. When and I so, watch multiple games in a row, so she just gets yeah. to sit there and be petted. Yeah, so, that's So true. now she associates football with, like, prolonged petting. Maybe we should put that on in the background whenever she's stressed out and she'll associate that with the good pets. Oh, yeah. There you go. Now, Jill does have a Pittsburgh Steelers jersey. So it has brought us nothing but bad luck so far. Yeah, she's not allowed to wear it during their season. I'm a little stitious. <laughs> Understatement of the year. <laughs> well, Jacob, what else do we have to look forward to in sports? Well, on Monday night is the Men's College Basketball National Championship game between University of North Carolina and Kansas. I'm hoping that Kansas wins so that I will be in like third to fifth place in my work bracket, so just just for pride. Um, What else do we have going on? We have the end of the NBA season, right? So that's going to get locked in this coming week between now and our next episode. And yeah, that's what we've got. We've got as well... uh, the MLB season is, is right is really it's going to come up here soon in a couple of days yeah we got a lot to look forward to 
Don't forget, new episodes are released on Monday and Friday mornings wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure to follow us on Twitter at rookies underscore rundown or on Facebook at rookie rundown pod to find information about episodes and let us know what sports headlines we should talk about next. And don't forget to keep sports simple, stupid.